This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth in Mission. While many of us in the Bay Area are finally feeling like we've turned a corner in the pandemic with businesses reopening and social gatherings reconvening, there's still a main question that looms. Will California continue to protect renters from eviction? The state's eviction moratorium is set to expire next week on June 30th, and lawmakers have yet to reach a new deal. Now the state is down to the wire, and there's so much at stake, including what's now on the table, a proposal to cover 100% of missed rent for eligible tenants. But a recovering economy is prompting property owners to say it's time to stop extending the eviction moratorium, which has already happened twice during the pandemic. There's a lot to unpack, and here to help me is State Capitol Chronicle reporter Alexi Kosif. Alexi, remind us of the regulations that were put in place to protect California tenants during the pandemic. What were they exactly, and how helpful were they? So this is a debate that's been ongoing since the very early weeks of this crisis. Um, immediately, people recognized that people were going to were losing their jobs, we're going to have trouble paying rent, and we're going to need help getting through this. Although nobody could have known how long this was going to last. So this is actually the third time that the legislature is taking this issue up and um, trying to figure out what to do. And in the past, they've extended these protections for a couple of months at a time, maybe five or six, and basically said, okay, during this time, a landlord cannot evict a tenant who's having trouble paying their rent because of some sort of financial hardship that's explicitly related to the pandemic, whether that be losing their job, having medical costs from COVID-19, any kind of thing like that that is, is tied to the coronavirus. And at the same time, sort of saying, but if these tenants can stay on top of at least a portion of their rent, at least about 25%, of their rent for that time, then when this eviction moratorium lifts, they still can't be evicted for that missed rent. It will just turn into debt that they have to pay back, but they sort of get a blank slate and they can move forward from there. And so the eviction moratorium now goes through the end of June, and that's why we are in this space now where suddenly everyone is recognizing, okay, um, we're coming out of this. We're coming out of this pandemic, but it's not over yet. How much longer do people need, you know, before we can sort of return to normal? Do we have a sense of how many tenants were sort of saved by these regulations that were put in place? It's really hard to have a great sense of just how expansive this crisis was and how many people might have. Been, you know, on the streets now, if not for 
these protections. I mean, different people you talk to have different estimates. I think, you know, some think it's in the millions because when the U.S. Census Bureau was doing um, polling during the pandemic, they were looking at sometime in some months, 20% of people paying late or not paying at all or saying that they were afraid that they weren't going to be able to afford it. I mean, so if you think about those numbers in the aggregate, that could have been huge. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you know, now that we have some of these rent relief programs in place, the number of applicants that are coming in in some places are a lot lower than was expected. And so, you know, it's possible then that these you know, this issue was maybe not as severe as some people thought, or it's also possible that people went and found other ways to, mm-hmm. to get through this, borrowed from family, took out loans, you know, didn't pay other bills so that they could stay on top of the rent. So everybody's sort of trying to piece through what exactly this looks like. And I think it's going to take a long time for everybody to fully understand the implications of, of this. And we heard throughout the pandemic you know, outcries for rent relief. There were protests about it. So that means not just putting off the deadline of when people would have to pay back their rent, but eliminating the need to pay back any owed rent. What has been the experience of Bay Area tenants so far? Yeah, the the big development there and the thing that will probably be very helpful for a lot of people is that twice now the federal government has given California money to help pay back Um, rent that tenants owe. Um, Between the two stimulus packages, California is sitting on about $5.2 billion that will be, you know, should be distributed to people to, um, you know, to help cover all of that missed rent during the pandemic. You know, one of the early issues that we had was, as we discussed, nobody quite knew exactly how many people needed help. And so, California lawmakers were a little bit hesitant early on about how much assistant they, assistance they were willing to offer through the program. And now that we have a better sense, they're talking about expanding that to 100% of back rent owed and trying to cover everything that people may have missed. But the money's been really slow in rolling out. Um, you know, even though this has been in place for several months now, they have handed out probably less than 10% of the money that people have applied for. And there's all kinds of reasons that people have given, you know, there's confusion because there's local programs and state programs. There's also, you know, all these kinds of checks that uh, balances that have to happen behind the scenes to make sure that people are, you know, only getting money once that there's not fraud and duplication and all these things. But the end result is that a lot of people are still waiting for that help and, They've got like a week left or less until these, you know, until these eviction freezes run out. And the idea that the statewide eviction moratorium is set to expire at midnight on June 30th is probably certainly causing a lot of anxiety for tenants. So what's at stake now at this point? This is the third round of negotiations since the pandemic. What's different about this moment? I would say the biggest thing that's different about this moment is that we have emerged from the worst of the crisis, and that has really changed the calculation for property owner groups especially about what they're willing to endure, essentially, at this point. I think earlier on, they didn't like these eviction moratoriums, 
and they felt like the protections went too far, but they sort of recognized that they maybe didn't have a lot of leverage because we were in the middle of a crisis. But now, you know, they will, they put out a report earlier this week, you know, showing just how much the economy has recovered. Unemployment is down. Businesses are reopening. More people are paying their rent. And they're sort of saying, okay, it's not necessary anymore to have these kinds of widespread, you know, uh, kind of hit them over the head with the hammer type of, of, of protections. Let's do something narrow, short term, and just get us through the last couple months that we need to distribute this money and help people pay back the rent that they're owed. And on the other hand, you have, you know, tenant groups saying, look, a lot of people are still really struggling through the situation. And if you just lift these protections one day and suddenly there's no safety net there, tons of people are going to lose their housing and, and potentially be out on the street. So there's kind of these two different visions for, for where we're really at in the recovery process. And it's hard, it's hard to balance those and, and find a solution that everybody can be on board with. And what are the main questions that are on the negotiation table at this point? How is this round of considering an extension might look different for tenants this time? The thing that really probably has been settled is that there is going to be more help available for eligible tenants. Um, You know, not everybody is eligible, but those who have suffered these financial hardships related to the pandemic and and who meet certain kinds of um, income requirements, they will very likely get that 100% back rent, you know. Um, But... The the real question here is about the eviction moratorium extension and how long is it going to be for and will it apply to everybody? And, you know, I think the, th- the, the hardest question that we're struggling with now is how do we come out of it in a fair way? As you mentioned, this is the third time that we've sort of come to this type of um, cliff, if you will. And every time we've sort of pushed the buck by extending the moratorium and we've never figured out a way to sort of emerge from it gradually. And that's something that is definitely being discussed now. All right. Is it going to be a hard stop, you know, three months from now or six months from now or whatever it is they decide? Or is there a way to sort of ease us out of this and ease us back towards something more normal so that, you know, people aren't left hanging when it does come down to it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. What has Governor Gavin Newsom said about the issue? Has he taken a stance or shown any type of favor towards one side of this negotiation or the other? I mean, he's been pretty quiet on this publicly, other than to say that he 
it supports some kind of extension. So he hasn't really put forth in, um, you know, out, out there for the public what, you know, specifically he'd like to see on that. But you've got the legislative leaders on board. You've got, you know, Governor Newsom on board. There should be a deal. It's just a question of what it's going to look like when all when it comes down to it. It has to get through a legislature where you've got 120 people from all over the state representing their own constituencies. And, you know, some of them never voted for an eviction moratorium in the first place. Some are are more aligned with tenant views. Some are more aligned with, you know, the views of landlords that enough is enough. Mm -hmm. So you've got to find something that can can get through, you know, the Senate and the Assembly and make it to the governor's desk at all. And can you explain, like, how much of what happens to tenant is dependent on the state's eviction moratorium. What is the relationship between that and how local jurisdictions like San Francisco County decides, you know, how rent will be handled? I mean, that's part of what's made this so confusing for tenants, right? Yeah. I mean, the the state's rules serve as a sort of floor. And, but there are some communities, especially in the Bay Area, where you have a lot more progressive leadership um, that is more aligned maybe with with tenant groups that is pushed further. And so there are some places where, you know, the rule, the, the a moratorium, uh, there's a local moratorium in place that was never going to expire on June 30th. I mean, um, in, in the East Bay, for example, in Oakland and, and Alameda County, they've they've had much more extensive rules for a long time now. San Francisco now is talking about extending their moratorium through the end of the year potentially. So it is actually very important for tenants to sort of try and figure out, okay, are there rules in place in my local community that might protect me further? Or do I really need to be watching for what the state's doing to know, you know, what my rights are and and what my responsibilities are? Um, uh, But yes, it's absolutely, you know, this is a problem. There's hundreds of cities and counties across the state and it, it can be hard for people to to keep track of every single thing that's happening in every single different place, you know. Right. And where do negotiations stand now? I mean, what is it looking like in Sacramento? Do you have a sense of how that discussion is taking place? I mean, it's 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 a difficult, um, you know, it, it's been a halting sort of process Um there are certain rules in state law about having to have a bill in print for 72 hours before it can be voted on. So if they're going to get this done by June 30th, that means at the absolute latest, they have to have a deal in place by Sunday. Hmm. And it could happen sooner than that, certainly. But the problem is that it's really moving very slowly. Um, You know, they're trying to get you know, landlord groups on board and tenant groups on board. And as as we discussed, people have different viewpoints about the right approach. So, you know, I think people want to get something done, but it's a question about whether everyone's going to be satisfied with it. And I mean, aside from what will happen to tenants and the money they owe, there's ramifications of this, right? We've been hearing about how this could compound the existing homeless crisis in San Francisco and across the state. Are there other stakeholders that are eyeing what's going to happen with this eviction moratorium closely? 
I think there's concerns for for everybody involved. I mean, one of the biggest complaints you've heard is from property owners who are saying, look, some of us haven't been paid in over a year and we need this money too. We have bills, we have taxes, we have utilities that we have to cover, we have mortgages. Um, And it's hurting us that not only have our tenants not paid, but the state has been so slow in dispersing this rent relief. Um, and at the same time, yeah, you have a lot of concern from tenant groups about the the potential for an increase uh, in homelessness if there is a large wave of evictions of people who've been unable to pay their rent. So there are absolutely implications for everybody involved. And that's why this money that the federal government has provided could be so helpful if the state could figure out (laughs) how to get it to the people who need it in a timely manner. And I guess my last question here is that an eviction moratorium can't just keep going on indefinitely. At some point, something has to give. And where does that leave renters that now owe thousands of dollars in back rent? What's going to happen to them? I mean, that's a good question. And um, that is you know, that's the million dollar question, right? And um, I think for many of them, hopefully they will be able to get the assistance they need. You know, one of the hopes here is that by increasing the amount of money that can be provided to 100%, you simplify the process and you'll get money out the door faster, you'll cover the entire problem and then people can move on. Now, the question is whether beyond that, you know, do people now have jobs back that are paying them enough to, you know, afford the housing that they have? You know, will they be able to pay their rent going forward? Just because the economy has, you know, recovered overall doesn't mean it's recovered for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think there's also a real big question about whether, you know, there are people who have potentially been left out by this program who tried to do the right thing during the pandemic and paid their rent and got themselves into tremendous amounts of debt and may not be eligible now for this mm-hmm. assistance as a result. And we don't know how many of those people might be out there. So, you know, it's something absolutely that people are going to be keeping an eye on for months, if not years to come, trying to sort through all of the, all of the effects of this pandemic on housing in California. Well, it's certainly a huge decision that many of us are anxiously watching, and I really appreciate you explaining it to us, Alexi. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Alexi Kosef is the Chronicle's state capitol reporter. You can find his reporting and ongoing coverage about the state's eviction moratorium on sfchronicle.com. Special thanks to Karen Creighton for her help with this episode and to you for listening.